You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Coronavirus and Sports. This is Luis Miguel Echegaray. Today, a very special edition as we'll be talking to two Olympic athletes who know exactly what it takes to reach the top of their respective sports. Gymnast and a member of the gold-winning Final Five in Rio 2016, Laurie Hernandez, and fencer Race Mboden, who won bronze in Brazil and has won gold in several international competitions, as both participate in sports that require an extremely high level of commitment and individual preparation they share their opinion on how the current situation affects them inside and outside of training. First, here's a recap of the weekend's developments around coronavirus and sports. Sunday would have been the final round of the 2020 Masters at Augusta National Golf Club now scheduled for November, and as a tribute to last year's memorable tournament, CBS replayed Tiger Woods' historic comeback, which also featured an interview with the five-time Green Jacket recipient during certain points in the final round. Woods, talking to CBS's Jim Nance, described with emotion the feeling he had when he celebrated behind the 18th Green and also commented on the seriousness of the pandemic. Sunday also featured the NBA's televised horse competition on ESPN. 2004 NBA Finals MVP Chauncey Billups, Utah Jazz point guard Mike Conley Jr., Bulls shooting guard Zach Levine, and Chicago Sky all-star Ali Quigley all came out victorious, making it to the Final Four. The semifinals and championship game will air on April 16th on ESPN. In order to understand what training means to an athlete, and in this case, an Olympian, it's important to understand history. In ancient Greece, for example, the role of the athlete was directly related to what signified an outstanding, disciplined, and well-respected member of society. From the age of Homer, athletic training represented not just physical perfection, but also a person of ethical divinity. 
So when we fast forward to what an Olympian represents in today's world, it's easy to see how this discipline and the search for success still exists. Today, we talk to individuals who have sacrificed so much in order to reach their dreams and who take part in sports that require so much dedication. As coronavirus affected their ultimate dream tournament, the Olympics, they talk to us on how the pandemic affected not just their training, but their daily routine, living arrangements, and overall expectations. First, gymnast Laurie Hernandez, a gold and silver medalist in Rio 2016, who since then has become a recognizable figure outside of the mat, from winning ABC's Dancing with the Stars, to hosting TV shows and writing her own book, Laurie was hoping Tokyo would be her return to the sport. Now, with the postponement of the Games, she discusses her plans and offers an opinion on how it affects her own objectives and the world of gymnastics. Joining me now is Laurie Hernandez, two-time Olympic medalist, gold and silver winner back in Rio. She is also a personal uh, triumph when it comes to my own career. One of the very first uh, stories that I ever did was with the wonderful Laurie Hernandez, gymnast. Uh, Laurie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I'm glad I get to like speak to you again. Yeah, I'm, I'm very uh, happy now. Laurie, obviously, aside from gymnastics, you've been a very busy person winning Dancing with the Stars, uh, writing your own memoir as you train uh, in these years as well, American Ninja Warrior. Uh, you've, been, you've been busy these last few years. Oh, yeah. I think definitely a lot has happened, especially since 2016. I mean, right after the Olympics was done, I pretty much stopped gymnastics right away because there were so many different opportunities that happened, of course, Dancing with the Stars. We were doing different tours. We came out with books, um, basically everything you just mentioned, American Ninja Warrior Jr. And a lot of it involved a lot of traveling, gymnastics clinics. I mean, we were definitely staying busy for those two years and I loved it. I had done gymnastics since I was five, you know, and I homeschooled for it. I dedicated everything to it. So having that kind of two-year break where I could just do whatever I wanted and get all the experience I could possibly have. It was the best thing for me because by the end of it, I was like, okay, <laughs> I miss it. I miss home. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's just been great to see you uh, shine. Let, let's get into it. Pandemic aside, Laurie, because we're going to get into it in terms of COVID-19 and, and how it affects gymnasts. But can you walk us through what an Olympic gymnast goes through in training? Yeah. So I only speak for myself in this one because I've noticed that even with gymnasts, we all train differently. Some girls might need more repetition. Some girls may need more breaks, but the quality is what matters the most, which typically is how it works. But for me personally, uh, in the mornings, I would wake up, I have breakfast and whatnot, and then I would head over to physical therapy two to three times a week, usually three times a week. Um, I would be there for a couple hours. Most of it is just preventative to make sure that I'm not hurting myself out there, but they help with little tweaks here and there too. I'd come back, um, take a little break, and then I, I have practices in the afternoon. My coaches don't like morning workouts, which is very nice for me. <laughs> I enjoy that a lot. So we start practice around two o'clock and um, really depending on when I can get all my assignments done is when I can go home. So me and, and my teammates and my coaches, we've kind of agreed that setting 
an exact end time isn't really a good idea because you're just staring at the clock and you're waiting for everything to end. So if I can get everything done quick, I can get out of there as early as 5.45, 6-ish. Um, but typically I'm there till around 6.30 or 7, even some days. I, I like it. And that's a pretty typical schedule for me. Saturdays are morning workouts and then Sundays I have off. Would you say that now as we bring in what's been going on with the outbreak, um, things have changed for you? I mean, obviously, aside from the conditioning and everything that you have to do on a daily basis, would you say that your routine has changed, your regime has changed? Yeah, I everything has changed, especially with all the different rules in California. My gymnastics facility is closed. I'm just doing my best to work out at home. I posted a video on Instagram and it was me trying to do beam routines on like a rug so that way I could stay moving. But yeah, a lot has changed because of it and it is what it is. You do so many projects outside of the sport, as I mentioned. Has that also changed for you? Are you looking at things differently as this year started? Yeah, a lot has changed. I mean, we already tried to slow down a lot of our projects since um, coming back is going to take up 100% of my energy. Having Having to do projects outside of that is definitely a bit of a stretch. So if I am doing anything outside of gymnastics, promotion-wise, sponsor-wise, all of that is carefully scheduled to make sure that, you know, it doesn't take time away from practice. It doesn't leave me mentally drained. So that way when I head back into the gym, I can't think straight. But as well as, you know, thousands and millions of other people out there, all of that has kind of taken a pause since, you know, the world's at a standstill for now. So... Sticking with that specific theme, uh, let, let's talk about Tokyo. Uh, yeah. What was your reaction when the IOC announced that the Tokyo Games would be postponed until 2021? Um, at first, I mean, I was already trying to think and consider of all the different ways that they could handle it, you know, and really that was that was three different options that they could take. It was they could keep it for the summer, which in my opinion wasn't quite fair because you could have some athletes who, like me at the time, weren't able to train. And then you have other athletes around the US who are training full time. And then you're going to keep a meet at the same time a few months from now. Half the group is going to be ready. Half the group isn't going to be ready. We also have countries who are not able to go out. They're in quarantine mode, so they can't train. So it's like if we leave the Olympic Games during the summer, the whole point is for it to be fair and for us to be unified. And if we can't all train the same, that's that's not a fair competition. And that's not fair to the other countries because they can't train the way that we can maybe or that some of our states can. I think also canceling was very harsh because, again, you have athletes who have been training their whole lives for this. And I was, you know, lucky and blessed that, you know, my time frame worked to where I, I wanted to compete in 2016 and I was the correct age for it. Um, heading into 2020 was my choice and I'm excited about it and I'm still hanging in there for 2021. Um, but for other athletes who were not age eligible for 2016, their dreams and their goals were, 20, were for 2020. So to completely cancel it, that I don't think that's fair either. So I think the postponement was really the best option they could have picked. However, <laughs> it still hurts. We can, you know, we can still acknowledge that this is what's best for the world and still be disappointed because we were all training to peak at a certain time. And so to have to stick around and to loop it for another year, it feels like a lot of work and that can be really exhausting mentally and physically. And um, I think there was a lot of anxiety being surrounded by the fact that this is such a big change and the fact that the Olympics has never been postponed before. But it's looking back and knowing that the world comes first and um, everybody's doing the best they can, including 
you know, the Olympics and the Olympic Committee. You know, you're still, you know, hanging on to that objective, that that, that dream, uh, whether it was 2020 now postponed to 2021. What are your personal plans then right now moving forward? Yeah, I mean, currently right now until everything settles down, staying home and doing the workouts that I can mentally staying in tune with gymnastics because we don't have access to those facilities right now. And that's okay. We're again, the world comes first. It's really just trying to stay moving. And again, trying to do those beam routines in the middle of my living room and um, listening to my floor music in my head and, and trying to just stay in there because the running mental routines, it's its as if you're doing them in person. Maybe that muscle memory is going to take a second to come back. But if you keep your head in the game, it's definitely going to be easier when you have to actually step foot back in that gym. Um, so it's its just hanging in there and, and, and being patient about it. But as soon as everything can go back to normal, it's really rubbing things up and trying to get back into meet season mode as soon as possible because taking a break from the sport is really not the greatest for any athlete and I, I'm sure athletes from other sports feel that way about you know their respective sports but for gymnastics you take one week off it takes two weeks to come back if you take a month off it takes two months to come back or more so the more time that I spend off of gymnastics a little more pressure I feel in terms of having a rush to come back but um you know, a year gives us more time. So I'm also grateful for that. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point about gymnastics. It's such a specific situation when it comes to timing uh, with both your training and, and an athlete's body. Now, the International Gymnastics Federation, FIG, FIG, recently announced that junior gymnasts who will turn 16 in 2021 are now eligible for the Tokyo Games. Seeing as you were in that situation and you just talked about it yourself, how do you feel about this decision and how does it affect your own training? Yeah, so I mean, in terms of training, it doesn't quite affect much only because everybody's different. I'm one of those kids that's like, I want to do the best that I can possibly do. If I'm not ready to do a skill, I'm not putting myself out there for it. I My goal is to be as clean and as consistent as possible. I want you to be able to count on me when I'm out there. Um, whereas, you know, some girls throw all these crazy difficulty skills and I am in awe because I, I, <laughs> I can't quite do that. So everybody's different, but that's still always going to be my goal no matter what changes. However, you know, um, we got a lot of a lot of teens out there who will become senior in 2021. And I got to tell you, they are absolutely incredible. We're all going to have a big run for our monies out there because, you know, there's a lot of girls out there that I'm like, wow, you are something else. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it definitely feels a little like a little more pressure, but that's part of the game. You know, that's part of the fun. So something that I've noticed uh, through the years, especially now that I'm married to a former gymnast, is how when you when you watch uh, a meet, when you watch a competition, there's so much unity with gymnasts. Uh, yeah. th th even though you're individually fighting for something, you still support each other. How is that going through the outbreak, especially when you, we have to social distance? Do you keep in communication with other gymnasts uh, via Zoom, et cetera? H how do you do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely I've kept in touch with especially Allie. Allie Reisman has been a big yeah. one for me with her double comeback and being su successful in that way. Um, we kind of share the same mindset in the sense that when something goes wrong, it makes us panic at first and then we can figure it out rather than, I guess, vice versa, um, which is obviously very common. But we kind of share that same mindset. So if I'm nervous about something or 
I guess if, if I need help with something, she's really that first athlete that I reach out to. And especially with, um, you know, COVID and, and everybody having to stay home and whatnot, we've been keeping in touch um, and just trying to stay connected. And then especially for all my teammates back home, a lot of this has been like Skype calls, Zoom calls and group chats and all of it. We're all trying to stay connected, especially with social media, you know. Of course, social media can be a pain in the butt sometimes, but in times like these, this is the best way that we can stay connected when we can't go out and we can't see each other. So I'm really grateful in that sense. Laurie Hernandez, two-time Olympic medalist, gold and silver winner. So much going on in your life, and I'm so proud uh, to to be part of uh, your reporting history. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. We'll return after these short messages. Olympic fencer Race in Bowden is no stranger to making a statement. From taking a knee on the medal podium at the Pan Am Games in 2019 as a sign of protest against social injustice to empowering change by social media, Imboden uses his voice to speak up for his beliefs. Now, as coronavirus impacted the world of sports, the Olympics, and his own livelihood, the fencer and menswear fashion model joins us to discuss how the outbreak initially affected his life and how he handles his career during these unprecedented times. Joining us now is Team USA foil fencer, Olympic fencer, world championship fencer, race in Bowdoin, race one, uh, team bronze uh, in the Summer Olympics in 2016, also team gold in the world championships and Pan American Games in Lima, Peru, where I'm from. Uh, race, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Race, uh, it is really great to have you. Let's get straight to it. It was just under a month ago when I read your piece on men's health on how you were first dealing with the news of COVID-19. I want to go back to that time in early March. What was going on in your training and life when the news first broke out uh, regarding the outbreak? So I have a kind of an unusual story with it. I split my training uh, between the States and the and Europe. And actually, the place that I train in Europe a lot is is Italy. So two weeks before I came to the States, before everything went on lockdown, I was training in Italy and I was starting to hear the things about the virus. The north of Italy was getting hit really hard and we were starting to get a little worried. My coaches, uh, you know, family is, is all Italian. Uh, my physical trainer's family is all Italian. The word began to kind of spread and we started to hear little snippets of, you know, travels being affected. This is being affected. But the reality didn't set in until we came to the United States. We were had our last Olympic qualifier event, you know, a very, very important event, the, the, the Grand Prix in America. It's like, you know, our hometown event. And the day before the competition, I was in a workout with my trainers when, you know, we got the news that, that everything was canceled. Like it was all one day. It was like the NBA was canceled. Our competitions were canceled. I was calling all my friends from other events, you know, swimming, ice skating, all the Olympic sports and just being like, you know, what's going on with you? What you have this event, what's going on with you? And we're all trying to piece together, you know, some vision of this future, because we know that the Olympics is, is three, four months away. And, and in that time period, the last little section is, is the easy part. That's just fine tuning. So yeah, so it came down hard. And then suddenly we went into this limbo. The limbo state was actually for me, I think the worst, which was 
We don't know if the games are going to be canceled. We don't know if they're going to move. For me, what would have been worse is like, we keep it running and we get out of quarantine a month before the Olympic games and have to be prepared for the biggest competition of our life. You know, it's like asking somebody to, to, to prepare for the Super Bowl in, in four weeks. It's crazy. You can't ever put a, a time limit on the, on the Olympic games like that. There's too many athletes in too many different kinds of sports and things just compiled. So, uh, I was in this house. I haven't left. Um, this is not my apartment. I'm, I'm here with my physical trainer, uh, his wife who have been really kind to us and, and, and let us stay here so that we can stay in shape, uh, keep working out and just kind of have people around us, you know, because it's just me and my girlfriend. We're both Olympians. We're both in the same boat. She's a fencer as well. So yeah, we're, we, we've been, uh, we've been trying our best to stay in shape and just, just create a routine and, and keep everything running. Let, let's stick to that point, that last point, stick to the routine. What, what does that mean for you right now, especially when you're confined to a house, a backyard, maybe? What, what have you had to do in order to like change your routine right now? You know, our, our, I would say that there's very little similar to what I usually do to what I'm doing now. I mean, it, it's a completely different routine. Just the idea of routine is important for athletes. Um, you know, speaking about mental health, speaking about things that affect me, like I'm so used to everything being structured, to knowing where I'm going for a year. You know, like I have every place I'm going, all my training camps listed out, the flights I'm going to take, everything is pre-planned. To be here and do our routine, it just, for us, it just means like I wake up in the morning, you know, I do like a little challenge for myself. I try to just like knock out some kind of physical activity in the morning, whether it's push-ups or sit-ups just to kind of get my body going, to get myself in that headspace, because that's what I'm used to doing in my regular life. Usually I train three times a day. I wake up in the morning, I have one-on-one -on -one with my coach, which is like in fencing, it's similar to a boxing where the coach holds the pads. So it's very technical work. It's a lot of uh, like precise skills. And then after that, I usually go directly into workouts and then I have my break and then I come back for night and spar. So my whole day is revolving around training, you know? Um, here we have a, we have a garage, which is great. And, uh, my physical trainer has a bunch of bands. We have a TRX, which has been a lifesaver. So we've just been coming up with tons of different ways to, to use what we have to work different muscle sets to, you know, to go out on the street and, and do some sprints some hill sprints, whatever we can get our hands on just to stay in generally good shape. That's the best we can do right now. Moving a little bit forward from when you first heard it, we know the Olympics are now postponed until next year. What does that mean for you? How are you feeling about that, specifically now that it will be, you know, a year from now? Yeah. Um, I think it was the right decision. I think it definitely was the right decision. We had a athletic survey in the USOC. So just for the Olympic committee from the, from the US team, I think it was 1,200 athletes responded and 68% said their training was severely affected and they wanted the games pushed. So there was a large, large percentage of athletes that weren't in a, weren't able to train. i come from a combat sport background. I'm friends with a lot of combat sport athletes and we're in an unusual predicament because we're all training partner-based. So I need sparring partners. I need to go into a room with a lot of guys in it to get my reps in. And it's a lot of you know, close contact. So the idea of doing our sport to train our sport without that, it doesn't make sense. There's no place I can go to, to maintain the same shape. As far as the games being pushed, the safety of everyone has to come first. I think as an athlete, we're, we're role models for a lot of people, no matter what scale your platform is on. So, uh, you know, if you've got a hundred followers and two of them look up to you, you got, 
you know, a hundred million followers and, and a million of them look up to you. It's important to, to realize that sports is a, is a game and it's a privilege and the Olympics is a privilege. And while I'm so used to like running my life on a four year schedule, the, uh, you know, the games can change and, and there's more important things and it's time to take, you know, take care of our family and take care of everybody who, who doesn't have the ability to take care of themselves. Absolutely. Raise the other point is the financial aspects of things. Um, you know, obviously different situations require different responsibilities, whether you are a Team USA men's basketball player or a fencer. How has this financially affected you? Obviously the promotion towards the Olympics is a major part of, of it, but there's so many other components. How has financially, economically the pandemic affected you? So it's you've got to see it from a, a bigger a bigger point of view. It's not actually the pandemic. It's just the Olympic cycle. So most Olympic athletes that you know work. We work. I luckily enough work with sponsors and and uh, fashion brands and stuff like that, and I've been able to make money doing that. But during the Olympic season, it's such an important year. I don't work as much. Like I I, I start to hit my stride and I cut back on traveling. I cut back on anything that's that's extra, right? Um, which means I'm taking in less money. So now I expect to get to the Olympic Games and and I go for the you know the medals and you go for your bonus and you try to hope that your sponsors kick in and that you know that's the dream and that's what we're all fighting for. But that's now moved a year. So I've invested all this money to live in Italy, to, you know, to cut back, to to train, to eat well. I have a physical trainer, a sports psychologist, my fencing trainer, and all of those people are on my budget. Um, now while I'm lucky enough to have people who work with me. And, you know, don't kill me in, uh, in debt. But the, the, the truth of the matter is I still pay. I still pay all of those people. And um, the idea is that like, oh, all the sponsors were kicking in to, to do stuff there. You know, like we just had the Rule 40 change where you can post for the first time at the Olympic Games and actually make a little, a little bread at the Olympic Games, which is, you know, different than most of, the, most of the time because it's so strict with sponsorships there. And I think that, you know, you forget that like most athletes that aren't, you know, aren't the one gymnast who's really famous, the one swimmer and, you know, the basketball guys or the tennis guys who are already famous, they're there basically pro bono. Like we get a bag of clothes and we come home, you medal, you get your, whatever your bonus is, you know, maximum is 25K and before Obama it was taxed. So, you know, it wasn't like we were doing this, most of us for the money. So then definitely now with the pandemic, it's a worry about just like stretching that budget for another year. Not only us, but also our federations have to fund us to travel. We don't know what qualification is yet. We don't know how much travel we have to do before the game. So all those budgets are stressed. So that's definitely a regular conversation between me and my girlfriend of like, where are we going to go? How are we going to make this happen? We have to budget for another year. We have to we have to figure out, you know, where our coach is going to be. How are we going to train with him? And all, all those all those questions. A lot is up in the air, unfortunately. Yes, absolutely. What, what's what's the thing that you miss? the most right now obviously you're training at home you have loved ones and your coaches with you even you know maybe digitally but what is it that you miss the most right now would you say i think i just miss getting to be me you know i think as an athlete as a combat athlete the place that i can be unabashedly me is like when i'm competing when i'm on the street i get to be you know whatever i feel like that day if i feel cocky if i feel like i'm the best in the world i can walk out there and be that you know it's the place that i feel at home I can be competitive. I can be loud. I can be intense. And in the real world, I can't be all of those things all the time. You know, I can't be at home like playing Uno and, and scrapping with people. So it's going to be, um, it's more about just finding a place 
I think in your daily life, that's, that's, that gives you that, that enjoyment. You know, I, I'm a creative dude. I like to think of myself as more than just a fencer. I think it's important for athletes to do that. And I've been reflecting a lot on everything that's going on, but definitely the thing I miss the most is just like, there's, there's no compet like, you know, me and my girlfriend played paddle ball outside and it was like the closest I've come to, uh, to being competitive and yelling at each other a little bit. But, <laughs> but other than that, man, you know, it's, it's like Tom Brady says, the one place he gets to be himself is on the field. Finally, race. Obviously, this can be a tricky question in many ways because, you know, we're going and we're dealing with the unknown. But are you optimistic? How do you see? Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? How are you feeling right now mentally? Yeah, you try to um, you try to look forward. Realistically, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Instagram messages going around about everybody working out and everybody staying positive. And I think there are, there is truth to that. Um, but I think there is a lot that's going unsaid, which is, you know, like a lot of us just don't have the thing that we care about the most, you know, and, and that's our sport as Olympians and, and it, and it, and it will affect people. And it's definitely a period where mental health is, is, is going to be a top priority for all athletes. Do I have a light at the end of the tunnel? Yes, we have the 2021 games, but for me, especially, I think there is a, a difference between this games and, and the one in 2021 it feels different to me. And I think it's something that a lot of athletes aren't talking about, but it's a time change, man. Like we, we ramped up for three years to this games and now someone's pushed it back and, and it, it feels different. There's a different sense for this Olympic games. It's a different mentality. This season is going to be different. It's going to change things. People are going to get injured and not going to be able to go to the games. Like there's moments like this changes people's career paths. I think right now you have to take it one day at a time you have to make sure that, you know, we see the bigger picture, which is that, you know, we're staying home and, and, and we're not putting anybody in danger and, and our families are safe and hopefully everybody's, you know, taking the precautions they need to take. And then, and then, yeah, we can go back to playing games and, and, and being competitive and having fun, you know, and the Olympic games are supposed to be about fun and competitiveness and, and raw athletic talent, you know? So for me, I just hope that the games represents that. And no matter when it's, you know, lands or what date it's at, that the scenario that it comes in allows all our, all our athletes to just like, just be ourselves and, and go out there and just like tear it up, especially in team USA, because we love the Olympic games. It's such a special thing to be like a team USA athlete at the Olympic games. I just hope there's not too much, too much that causes break and momentum up to the, to the next one. That's what, that's what my, my hope is. Race Mboden, Olympic medalist, uh, world championship champion with Team USA. I wish you nothing but the best and good luck in training and the future. Thank you very much, man. Pleasure to be here. The life of an athlete can be often misconstrued as a 24-hour festival of success and fame. But we often miss the sacrifices, both mental and physical, that they go through in order to achieve their targets. When you focus on sports like gymnastics or fencing, the demand elevates because training aside, they also only offer you a small window of opportunity. During the pandemic, other issues come to play, and just like Laurie and Ray's mentioned, the need to remain disciplined, engaged, and most importantly optimistic are all necessities that can help athletes during times when they can't do what they love. Just like anyone else, athletes as ancient Greece reminds us, just aim to be the best versions of themselves. And no pandemic will stop that.
thanks to Laurie Hernandez and Raisin Bowden for joining me today. We'll continue bringing you these stories throughout the coronavirus crisis. If you like what we're doing, please recommend us to a friend or family member and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show. You can listen to Coronavirus and Sports for free wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe or follow us for the latest episodes. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.